0: been a pretty average start to 2020 for a lot of farmers would be an understatement given bushfires and the ongoing drought are really testing the most resilient of all growers. But today on The Yarn we look ahead and we look to some positives and there are some important positives in the current situation. How and why has this drought taught so many to feed so well and keep financial equity? We're going to talk about checking feeds in drought or containment lots and when and what to do when the drought breaks, which it will do, and we'll discuss the tremendous support that is currently available. We'll also introduce and welcome a new member to the Yarn Team and hear from a wool who has recently received a welcome drop of rain. So today, a largely optimistic tone as we look into the new year with a new level of hope. Welcome to The Yarn. This is a podcast for the Australian wool industry. I'm Marius Cumming. Okay, so recently I travelled to Cooma on the Monero in New South Wales, a famous wool-growing territory. The place looks like a moonscape, but the sheep are in great condition and the people in good spirits. And it's there I met up with Tom Grant, a vet from Gundagai, and Matthew Hallam, livestock advisor from Nutrium, who both, for a long time, have been advising farmers about how to best feed their animals through this very long dry spell. Matt Hallam.
1: Well, I guess people have been feeding for a long time now. Um, they're pretty well versed in, in in what they're doing and how to do it. I suppose, I suppose the, the big change in the last... 12 months or so has been interesting. in containment feeding. So a lot of people are looking to, to lock sheep up. So, um, and then it's, it's really how to deal with any sort of feed shortages that are starting to develop to support those sheep and cattle. So a lot of people are hanging on to breeding units, wanting to know what to feed. All I would say there is that um, the hay market is becoming very, very tight, just encouraging people to um, make sure they're ahead of themselves with hay purchases for cattle, for grains for sheep particularly, um to look at you know buying them subject to a feed test because there's a lot of variability out there just to be careful in sourcing particularly high protein hay's like canola hay and just being aware of nitrate levels and how to handle that so a lot of my focus is on managing those at the moment and then in um, particularly managing um, transitions what concerns me most at the moment after a long spell of feeding is how to handle the change of season and how stock are going to ride through that but most of the folks at the moment is sourcing feeds, it's becoming short, sure, um, what to feed, how to manage transitions. You
0: uh, said something quite interesting today. We well, you said a lot of interesting things, but one of the things you said was you're not feeding an animal, you're feeding yeah, uh, that's You're right. feeding a lot of bugs in the rumen and just keeping that in mind rather than looking at the animal per se. Yeah,
1: correct. I always try and help people to, or try and get them to, to remember that they're not feeding an animal, they're feeding a rumen microbial population where over 80% of the energy that the sheep or the beast requires comes from the byproducts of fermentation of feeds. And then also, you know, the shortest, cheapest, least cost pathway to protein to the animal is actually from rumen bugs when they die and get digested. So the important thing to understand about feeding rumen bugs is that they take time to adjust to certain different feeds. So if they're going from from drought to an autumn break, where you're going from grain to green or green to grain, you know, um, you're looking at a two to three week adaptation period. You can accelerate that through your management, and um, and they're the things that I would like people to focus on because a poor transition, if it costs a costs a day in in weight loss, that's at least three to get back. So smoothing transitions out is really critical to getting really good feed efficiency out of our stock.
0: And the temptation at the moment must be looking it must be there to look at novel novelty feeds for want of a better term, things that you wouldn't normally feed out. Yeah. Um, you're mentioning um, a few there and the concerns that are in the background around nitrate. Well people always have a huge choice of feeds and, and of
1: course lots of different feeds will put weight on stock. I'm interested in of course in putting the, the most amount of weight for the least amount of intake, feed efficiency. And so what people will feed will depend very much on the infrastructure and also their location because of freight rates and things. So the choices of feeds will vary. As a general rule though, um, I, I try and encourage people to source quality proteins because we want the right, what we call, amino acid profile. And in, in terms of grains, generally starch is the biggest limitation to performance and feed efficiency. So, you know, cereal grains. But aside from those two issues, just buying canola haze or or high quality lucent haze at the moment, just to be aware of nitrates and the effect that that can have on the animal. But people should seek probably some individual advice on how to handle that.
0: Yeah, but I think um, uh, Tom and yourself were both saying, um, animals that that have been locked up a certain amount of time or trucked, uh, don't feed them high nitrogen feed straight away. so
1: four main precautions. If you're buying a high nitrate type hay or forage, don't feed it to anything empty, hungry, stressed or transported, right? Introduce it gradually over four to five days if you can. Preferably dilute it with another source of roughage if you've got it. Um, make sure you've got a good mineral supplement with a lot of magnesium and B-group vitamins in it. And preferably have a, what I would call a starch substrate. So a few pellets or a little bit of grain goes a long way when you're dealing with a high nitrate type type forage. But the main thing is just just introduce it slowly and yep. and uh, you'll tend to handle pretty high nitrates.
0: Now, um... When it does rain, God willing, mm. there uh, there are a lot of. I mean, not, naturally, there's a lot of relief, but yeah. um, thinking ahead around short green feed and yeah. when to take stock out of containment.
1: Yes, well, it's a it's a it's a big area. There are lots of things that can happen here. Again, if we can just smooth out that transition, I would probably encourage people to let paddocks come away rather than put them out. You know, with it if stock are in containment on a grain base that's going to help a lot but if they're going on to a large amount of green after the break one of the things to probably be careful of is to either run that grain intake down and increase the amount of high quality protein in their diet so if they've got access to a loosened clover rye vetch or canola type hay it's really important to get that into them build up that ammonia pool in the rumen before they go out onto lush feed so we want to try and transition them out of the lot, out onto the green feed. It can be difficult. Grains are a critical part of it to keep the microbes going, but we've got to deal with that huge amounts of nitrogen that they're about to ingest, and that's where um, people need to be prepared with a good quality forage
0: to handle the transition. Um we're talking earlier with Tom about how these difficult seasons have really sharpened people's management in general and yeah, uh, in terms is. of containment and knowing the needs, the requirements of the animal. Um, would you agree with that?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I thought, you know, we learned a lot during the millennial drought, you know, but people have learned a hell of a lot in the last couple of years. Tom made the point that, you know, in the last 18 months, the huge number of people that have built containment lots and the interest in containment lots, the intensification a lot of it has to do with probably projected replacement value of breeders and people are really quite interviewed actually some of the techniques and methods and people have come up with it's quite um, it's been really interesting actually
0: yeah. So um, in your experience then Tom have you found that um, sheep producers, wool growers particularly, have been feeding for productivity or feeding for maintenance? Uh,
2: sheep producers uh, over the last few years have well, as this drought's gone on, have potentially changed their approach. As they've gotten better at feeding um, younger sheep with getting fed better for productivity, um, animals that they are classing their stock according to what they need to be fed a lot better. And so animals that require maintenance feed, like dry sheep in drought lots, are being fed maintenance feeds, but animals that require growing-type feeds are, are being fed appropriately. So people are tailoring it better to the class of stock as the drought's gone on.
1: Yeah, that's right. And I would say also a lot of people have become um, a lot more acutely aware or conscious of what they're buying. So once upon a time, um, you know, we would buy some haze and silages with, with feed tests. Now people are really demanding detailed specifications. The the market's quite well versed in what to look for in, in terms of energy, protein, NDF levels in feeds. And even increasingly we're, we're seeing more people looking for feed tests on grains particularly with the dry harvest, grain quality has been quite variable. So a lot of people buying forages are looking for a feed tests on that. So I think that's probably the biggest change I've seen. Not only the desire and the knowledge to intensify a bit and to look after breeding stock, but just the knowledge of what to buy. Yeah.
0: Mm. Um, righto. Well, um, Tom, you had a very interesting um, chat um, your... Your discussion today was very much around um, ramping up reproduction and getting rams uh, rams ready for work. Um, a lot of key points there. Um, do people generally look at their rams before putting them out? Uh, I think that
2: as we have... As, as Ramping Up Repro in with AWI and Zoe Edison have put together a, a base as to what we should be doing, I think producers have realised that what they thought they were doing as appropriate wasn't sufficient, so now that we've uh, put the detail out there, um, people are, are actually taking on board and, and doing it more effectively.
0: Matt, uh, did you have anything else to
1: add to this? Sorry, we got through a fair bit. Oh, I don't think so. I just uh, yeah wish everyone the best. Just be careful when
0: it when it rains, and hopefully it'll come soon. And uh, to both of you, I mean, how are your clients holding up mentally? I mean, this has become a really uh, long drought. Um, it's it's a drought that's become known. Uh, not only because of the great prices for stock and for wool that have kept people going, so they've hung on and hung on and hung on. Uh, Country towns have felt it perhaps more than many other droughts. Um, How are your clients going mentally?
1: I think generally I I, I think most people have got around each other pretty well. I'm amazed really at the resilience of most people. This has been a long, hard slog. Um, Just in the last probably eight weeks or so, a lot of people I'm working with are running out of water, and that's been very hard for people to handle. But on the whole, I'm just amazed at everyone's resilience. Um, I think one of the things that I remember learning from the millennial drought was just the importance of making decisions. You know, just keep making decisions, make a decision, and just stick with it. And I just found that was critical to everyone's well-being, and and I see that happening now. And um, I, uh, I I know there's a lot of people doing it, pretty tough. Uh, and a lot of people, you know, you don't necessarily know. But uh, on the whole, uh, it's been quite incredible. And I think, you know, we've got to be closer towards the end of this than, than the start. And so um, hopefully it's all up from here.
0: When you say um, make a decision and stick to it, that, that is uh, quite difficult, isn't it? Because you, you have, have people that want to keep their stock and they feed and they feed and they feed. And then they may run out of water and they mm-hmm. run out of equity. and. How, how do you deal with those types of situations? What do you say to people that have kept stock that, that are doing it uh, at their own financial risk?
1: I think a lot of these decisions it comes back to the, the quality and the of the support and the advice, doesn't it? Mm. It's just if people can surround themselves with people that are somewhat experts in their field, someone that can help them with the numbers, someone that can help them with health issues and someone can help them with... Uh, nutrition or whatever it might be, if they can get a little bit of a team around them and just keep a little bit ahead of things and just make decisions on an ongoing basis, I think people can rest easier when they've got a few people around them mm. to help them,
0: Yeah, I find. Yeah, Tom, did you want to add to that about how your clients are going and the support that's out there? I think Matt's
2: point that, that uh, he used the word amazing, I think that um, everybody goes through their phases of ups and downs. I think a lot of people... Uh, we don't necessarily uh, know at times um, but Mm. generally resilience and people are quite phenomenal in how they keep on addressing stuff I think I've seen that uh, people are getting better at communicating with each other and also people are very willing to help each other Mm. and I think farmers when you watch farmers to farmers um, I think people get a lot of satisfaction from helping, you know, the person down the road who is actually struggling, and we're seeing it again with the fires at the moment. Um, there is information out there. I agree with Matt to find a good team of people who um, you trust and can can be involved in your business and not get bogged down in in um, all the extra information a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So find a couple of people who are helping you and, and stick to your stick to your game plan. Um, and it's such a dynamic process, I guess, being in agriculture, um, that it, it does amaze me how well people handle what keeps being thrown at them. Um, so everyone has their everyone has their periods, and I think a lot of the time you kind of run on adrenaline and and hit hit patches where it can be tough. But I I think I agree. People are, are good at looking after each other mm. is, is one thing that I've definitely noticed.
0: Definitely. Right. Well, guys. Um from two two experts um and the importance that you've just been talking about I very much appreciate your time on the yarn today and uh, i know there's plenty of people out there that appreciate what you do as well so thanks for having yarn with us thanks very much thanks very much All right. So Dr Tom Grant there from Gundagai and also Matthew Hallam from Nutrium speaking there. So some welcome rain has fallen in the New England region very recently and as a summer rainfall zone it will do some good. Now Kevin Wilde, our new media manager at AWI, spoke with Inverell wool grower Rod Ken recently who had a smile on his face. Luckily for us we've had a little bit of rain. We've had nearly, nearly
3: 35 millimetres where we come from. Uh, varied a bit, up to 60 millimetres, not far away from us. So yeah, it's put a bit, a little bit of a smile back on our face again. So how much is that going to change what you were thinking you were going to do now in in January 2020? I mean, you obviously need some some more follow-up rain, but how much pressure is eased as a result of this? Oh, it's eased us a little bit. Yeah, I will You know, we need a lot more rain before. Like we'd like to sow a lot of lot of feed for our stock, but we haven't. We'll need three or four inches to do that. But this is definitely won't knock it back. It'll, it'll put a bit of a green shooter in. So, yeah, it, and hopefully we get follow-up rain. Are, are there any forecasts, uh, longer-term forecasts, that, that give you some, some hope? Because the, the Bureau thought there, w- there would be widespread rain through New South Wales and, and it's hit, hit parts. So um, are, you, are you hopeful that it's, it's out there? I think, yeah, I'm, I think it's, the weather's changed a little bit. The weather patterns have definitely changed a little bit. You know, we've been listening to the TV. You know, the, the Indian Nations warmed up a bit, which is bringing those troughs across. So let's let's hope and pray that yeah, it does rain and, and we all get a share of it. So we do. So you optimistic for twenty twenty that uh, you know there will be some more rain that that, that prices uh, will keep going up. They've gone up a little bit at the start of the year. Yeah, I think you've always got a bit. You've got to be realistic, but you've got to be. A, a, Got to think what's going to happen ahead. You've got to, you've got a plan for that. Um, as the saying goes, you can't look over your shoulder. You've got to look forward. So yeah, I'm I'm hopefully that I think this will change, and I think we'll come out at the end of it. You
0: know, after a while, in pretty good nick. Rod Ken there from Inverell with AWI's new media manager Kevin Wild. So with all that, you may know that the resources around containment and drought feeding are extensive at wool.com and uh, there are also resources there around bushfire recovery, classing fire affected wool, stock before and during a fire, recovering from bushfire, managing stock water, there is a lot of resources there. So if you're looking for any information, wool.com. So we're getting some great feedback about this podcast, such as we want more technical information. We want to hear from leading farmers and innovators. That was uh, some of the feedback I got uh, up near Cooma from Ollie Kay. So, G'day, Ollie. I couldn't get you on the podcast, but it was nice to meet you. If you do have some feedback, please send it through to the yarn at wool.com. So from me, Marius Cumming, it's been nice having your company, and thanks for having a yarn with us.